Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. Today we're going to be talking about um, exoneration and forgiveness. I think in a previous episode we lightly touched on this, but we're going to be diving a little bit more into it today. Uh, There's a spectrum of options when you have been hurt, uh, when someone has done something to you, or when you've done something that you uh, feel has crossed your values. Uh, There is revenge, there is justice, there's doing nothing, there's exoneration, and there's forgiveness. I think just to tie into, as we're talking about this, we won't go deep into it because we've talked about it before, but this idea of when we've had our boundaries crossed, that's what, that's what brings up those ideas, right? So those different types of responses. So boundaries, um, boundary being crossed, and then the desire to repair the broken boundary, not necessarily the relationship when we'll talk about why it doesn't have to be the repair of the relationship, but that, that idea of, I want to repair the idea that I can be safe in this situation because I don't feel safe. I don't feel that I have the boundaries I need to feel at peace and calm and those kinds of things. Revenge is something that makes for really good books and movies. Count of Monte Cristo, I think, comes to mind. A really good book and I think a really good movie. (laughs) Makes you feel good in the moment. Uh, Really good in the moment. Um, It's It's cathartic for sure. It also is really good if you're planning any kind of like, um, plot around breaking the law because we really like to justify breaking laws and rules through revenge revenge doesn't lead to long-lasting healing uh, particularly because revenge doesn't lead the person against whom we commit revenge getting the message uh, usually when we uh, take out revenge on someone they feel like a victim themselves Uh, They don't get the message. They don't know why we're doing revenge. They think we went too far if they do get the message. Now, when the definition of revenge is when the person who has been hurt tries to balance the scales of justice. Um, When, uh, whereas justice is a third party tries to balance the scales of justice on behalf of the perpetrator and the victim. With the idea of revenge, it's interesting. One of the definitions of forgiveness is actually the deliberate decision to release feelings of anger, resentment, or vengeance towards someone. So this idea of releasing the idea of revenge. And so I I think it t- when we talk about that and people are like, it's not the same thing. It's specifically tied to this idea of what does forgiveness mean to you? Um, and then we can go into then repair right? Then I like that you're bringing in that justice is, can a third party help us repair the wrong? Um, exoneration doesn't go as far as forgiveness. Uh, it is still very healing. Um, Peter Goldenthal, uh, who's a pioneer and model of therapy called contextual therapy, it's a therapy I really like, basically just says that exoneration is when you try to understand uh, where the person that hurt you is coming from, Uh, You try to understand their life better. You don't necessarily have to talk to the person that hurts you, 
Uh, but you try to put yourself in the person that hurt you. Uh, you put yourself in their shoes. Um, so if, uh, let's say you're related to the person that hurt you, what do you know about your family history? Uh, what do you know about that person's family history? Um, what do you know about generational trauma? We've talked about generational trauma on the podcast. What patterns are there in the family? Um, is there uh, patterns of abuse? Are there patterns of addiction? Uh, poverty? Um, is Generational? Um, uh, institutional? Uh, what are the words I'm looking for? Um, I was going to say stupidity, but I know it's a different word that you're looking for. But <laughs> It was a different word, but that works as well. Um, we all have that branch of the family. We're like, oof, not doing so hot. Um, maybe you are that branch and that's okay. All God's children, um, uh, uh institutionalized, uh, institutional racism, systemic racism, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. And so when you kind of look, you're like, wow, there were some cards, maybe decks stacked against them. You're like, you know what? I wouldn't have made that choice. Um, or, you know, I can see how they made that choice and it's not okay. Uh, but I can see how they got to where they are. Mm -hmm. Um, the metaphor I, I like to use, um, I used to work at a bank, um, and for a time I was in charge of making calls to people uh, just to remind them if they had missed a credit card payment. And usually people are like, oh my gosh, uh, thank you so much, I had no idea. Um, and about one in a hundred people uh, knew that they had missed it and sometimes just didn't care. And um, sometimes for the bank, like one in a thousand times on this list, uh, the balance was so small that it wasn't worth pay, excuse me, paying me to continue to call uh, for these credit cards uh, that it was beyond like I forgot a payment and it was months behind. And so they decided to just close the account and no longer try to get the balance back for the credit card. And so the account was closed and we no longer tried to have me get the balance back there was like no appropriate reconciliation with that no appropriate reconciliation yeah mm -hmm. and so with relationships there's an emotional bank account and uh it's no longer worth the emotional effort to balance the emotional bank account and so we just close that ledger and we move on I I love that you're using it as that ledger because I think it can be really important to understand the concept of is it worth paying somebody hundreds of thousands of dollars? I don't think you got paid that much for at the bank, but even just no. <laughs> even just is it worth paying somebody fifty bucks to get back thirty cents? This idea of of that because forgiveness and the questions around forgiveness and even um the idea of release, right? Which might be where we're kind of saying we're going to release it, it. That's not the same thing as it's been repaired. Yeah, because absolutely. if later they said, they came back and they said, hey, I'd like to open another account at your bank, Taylor. And you're like, the bank would pull up the, you know, identifier and say, oh, well, there may or may not be restitution that you can make for that, or we're just not going to reopen that account. That's just yeah, not the ledger is not destroyed. It's just closed. So we're no longer seeking it. And so with exoneration, you may or may not choose to continue to have a relationship with that person. 
um, you're you're just choosing not to have any more emotional energy be put into the relationship. You're like, Hey, the dam is up, right? Still there. But I am just deciding that I am not going to let that flood of emotions be part of this relationship anymore. Right. Not even flood, but it's the idea of like, I've decided not to let there be a consistent stream of emotions being put into this relationship because emotions require that. Right. It's like, right. I'm just letting this be part of it. It's flowing. It's making the relationship grow at times. This is great. But with that, with what you're talking about, it's like, okay, we're cutting off that source at this moment. It no longer is going to be something that we will invest our time or emotional energy in. And it's, I'm not saying like, I'm going to burn it to the ground, but at the same time, I'm definitely not going to add more to it. It's just clarifying, burning it to the ground. That's vengeance. Yes. Just clarifying. Which is sweet. Now, vengeance is actually um, justice. That's a third person. Oh, it sorry. sounds like revenge. Sorry, it's revenge. Now, vengeance so is confused. mine, saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> it's interesting. I also found some work that uh, Dr. Uh, I think it's Stephen Warmer. Um, from UCLA has done on this topic and he explains um, what what Taylor was talking about um, in this way that I thought was good it would I liked I like the deeper meaning that's coming through what what Taylor's saying but here's a simplified version I don't know if that'll help you but it says that part of this is when a person commits an offense and they aren't capable of understanding the implications So a lot of times we think of this as children, right? So this is a very common thing. If somebody has a disability or is a child or they they just didn't understand what they actually did. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I I grew up in the time where they actually made you pay for long distance calls. And there may have been a situation where somebody I knew became friends with somebody who lived in a different country and this person was a teenager and they made several phone calls um, to their new international friend and suddenly when the phone bill came into their family it was thousands of dollars Um, they didn't understand the implications of the phone calls right there still can be awareness gaining and those kinds of things but they may not be able to quote unquote pay the bill The other thing that can happen as Taylor was talking is because of someone's life experience, because of their, how they grew up, this is the intergenerational trauma and stuff like that. They cannot understand why you're hurt um, when they don't respect your boundaries because they may not understand a boundary and they may never have experienced what a boundary could have done to rescue them. And I've, I've actually seen people really resent that as you heal, you now get a boundary and they don't realize they could also create a boundary, but then they have to grieve that that boundary wasn't there for them. So this idea of that really not capable of understanding, or there's an emotional tie to accepting and understanding what would, what would cause someone to truly repair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people in the boomer and the silent generations, um, those that are now seniors don't tend to grasp this concept very well it's a generational gap Uh, gen x does much better Um, millennials and gen z uh, do much better at being told hey you hurt me 
and saying, I'm sorry I hurt you, tell me more about that, responding with empathy. Um, boomers in the silent generation tend to respond uh, either by shame spiraling, like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst parent, or like, how dare you say that I hurt you? No, that didn't happen. Uh, it's just an interesting uh, generational difference. Right. And in that, they may even encourage you not to seek repair. And this idea of you you just need to, um, the term that, that is often used is forgive and forget. And then what we realize is, is that that programming is not necessarily in everybody to forgive, forgive and forget, especially when the offense is so hard or so traumatic and painful. Um. And then we moved into kind of this idea of forgive, but don't forget, Yeah, which is, uh, it's interesting. Um, Dr. Marmer talks about that as forbearance, which is when you get a quote unquote partial apology. Um, and that, that says when they're not actually repairing, maybe they've acknowledged some sort of bad, but they haven't actually taken full ownership of it. And so he talks about that as, um, forbearance again not chasing after with emotional energy if they're not really able or willing to give a full apology yeah uh, forgiveness is something that you do for yourself the same way that you do exoneration for yourself forgiveness uh, is something that you do uh, because you're magnanimous maybe uh, it might be because you have a value. It might be uh, a religious commandment that you believe in. Um, regardless, it's something that um, is a release of the negative feelings. Like you said, Jen, um, there's no longer a ledger kept. The ledger is destroyed. Um, it might be something that you tell the person that hurts you. Um, you may not, either because it's unsafe to have that conversation with the person, either physically unsafe, emotionally unsafe. The person may be incapacitated, they may be beyond reach, they may be dead. Um, but either way, um, it's not saying that what you did is okay, um, but it's saying um, what you did is not okay. Um, you may have done similar work to exoneration of, um, I, I can see where you're coming from, um, even if I would have chosen different. You may not have done any of that work with forgiveness, um, but you are just um letting go um there may or may not be any understanding uh, it is this higher step that is a much more emotional step that might even be a spiritual step um but the the ledger is gone and i like that you talk about that you don't keep the ledger i the image that came to mind is that we would use that information that's on that ledger to create the boundary Right. So it's not like it just disappears, but it creates a boundary. Either I'm not going to talk or interact with this person, or this type of engagement isn't appropriate for me. Certainly, when, you know, some of the most traumatic types of betrayal happen, um, it's important to not continue the relationship. And I've seen that be misunderstood, especially within families, that somehow we need to continue the relationship because we are relatives versus saying in some cases it's okay to have a boundary that that relationship won't continue and again i see a lot of people use religious beliefs to 
set up what I would call um, obligation in somebody to continue to interact with somebody that has hurt them to that extent. And I, I, I don't, gosh, guys, that's just not good. <laughs> yeah. Clergy and family are the two main people that tend to push forgiveness before they sit in understanding with someone. Um, and I think it often comes from a, a well-intentioned place. Uh, I know that if you forgive someone, you'll feel better. Uh, I think more often it comes from a place of everything will go back to normal. There's also this um, moral value base that I believe in religions, especially are very prevalent of um, if you don't forgive, you'll be the one who suffers more, which I don't think is accurate. I think definitely harboring resentment will hurt you more than the other person, but not forgiving is different than resentment. I think those are two different things. And I just want to, first of all, like say that those are two different things. Resentment is actively having feelings against that person still, right? We talked about that with emotions, not forgiving means that you haven't wiped the ledger, right? So those, those are two different things, but in religious standpoints, they often don't see the difference between harboring resentment towards someone and not forgiving them for something. And so I think there is this moral obligation often within faith bases that they'll say, you need to forgive when really, I think the appropriate wording they're saying is you need to not harbor resentment towards this person. You need to decide how you're going to work through it. And I think that there's like a differentiation. And they'll confuse having boundaries with someone as not having forgiven them. Yes. I really like what you're saying, but I want to throw in a protagonist viewpoint here. What I've seen often, and I like what you said earlier about the boomer generation, Taylor, because this is often where this comes from, as I see an adult child and the parents will often when there's been trauma in the family, they'll say, you have to forgive, you have to do this to allow the family. And it's because the new boundary would make them uncomfortable. It makes them feel like somehow they failed as a parent or they failed in their family. So it becomes about, I, I'm not allowed to have a boundary that feels comfortable or, or appropriate to my safety because I'm trying to quote unquote, then honor my father and mother with something I've heard a lot or because the nature of family is supposed to be somehow this perfect, never broken thing, which is uh, <laughs> hopeful, but not often, not often reality. Mm -hmm. And so I see it a lot in those different generations of feeling like the expectation is no matter whether somebody, and literally I've, I've had just multiple people and working with um, people who survived childhood sexual abuse being told that because of some family dynamic or because some older generation would be uncomfortable with acknowledging what happened, they're supposed to ignore it. And so I'm just going to say in that case, that's crap. And if you know me, crap is a pretty strong word. The other thing that happens is uh, people will be trying to uh, keep the peace and quiet or they'll want other people to be keeping the peace and quiet. And if you're trying to keep the peace, you'll sometimes have quiet, but never have peace. I love that you said that because the other thing that comes up a lot in a religious community is this dire idea of being a peacemaker. 
And sometimes people believe that that means never causing contention or discomfort. I would say that peacemaker, be curious about whether that means how are you creating actual peace in your situation? Yeah. A lot of times making peace requires conflict. Mm -hmm. But it brings actual peace. So it's worth the work. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We'd love to hear from you.